0: So, tell me something, Connor. Does it hurt? No. No. Oh. Well, I was going to say, when you fell from heaven. Also no. When you were cast out, that is. They didn't fire me. I quit. So that, so that <laughs> you're saying that Paradise Lost is just an extended version of, nuh you. Listen,
1: my employer has said some things about me that are- The un- Lord Almighty I Can you believe the Lord didn't let <laughs> him finish out his two weeks? All I'm saying is that there's some there's some fake news going around <laughs> <laughs> fake scripture that needs to be addressed. <laughs> I would like to serve
2: under Ganesh. He seems like a cool god.
0: Why? Is it because he's an elephant?
2: No, it's because he's got a cool... His, like, ability is about, like, luck or something. So he could, like, hit the jackpot. Wait, so
0: you're you're going to side with the Celestial Entity, but you're categorizing them like Pokemon <laughs> so you can better analyze their statistical value. <laughs> yeah, well, what,
1: what's, what's, what's Ganesh's typing, Fletcher? Uh,
2: it would probably be... Normal Psychic? Normal Psychic is what I would say, like, Rig, except that his special <laughs> ability would probably be, like, Magic Bounce. That way nobody could... Uh, Hit him with status
0: effects, and somewhere a million screaming Hindus curse the name of Fletcher. <laughs> Only a million? We have a single listener in India, Fletcher. And I'm certain that you possibly just upset them a whole lot. Madre, what would you type, Ganesh? Well, he's probably a unique creature, Connor, like one of the legendaries A legendary,
2: the legendary stall typing. Nah,
0: sure. not anymore. Pure normal. Pure
1: normal. Pure normal. Yeah, I mean that's it, because there's nothing divine about <laughs> Hindus. If there's
0: something weird about a man having an elephant head, Connor, I just don't see it personally. <laughs> It's 2023, guys. How about We've you get. You already with the- had
3: an elephant man. So, wait, does I'm not an elephant.
2: That- I'm a man. <laughs> does that mean that uh, Ganesh was like the first furry?
0: Yeah, he was the first <laughs> one, Fletcher. Up until then, it was nothing but normies. You're just going to
1: completely disregard all of Egyptian mythology like that? They aren't pretty cool. You said they aren't pretty cool? Yeah, they aren't. Wow.
0: Like, name
2: one cool Egyptian god Horus? Eh, I'll accept it.
0: <laughs> yeah, what about Jesus? <laughs>
2: he was a cool animal.
0: Yeah, I like the part where he shapeshifted. <laughs> but his final battle with Satan in episode 54, I felt dragged on a little bit with all the flashback sequences. Wait, how did you Un-ironically get- Unironically an Animorphs book, I how, bet.
2: How did you get to see that episode?
0: It was only released in Japan. I had to go there specifically to buy it, but I feel that the $400 price tag justifies itself after one or two viewings. Okay. And with that, welcome to Remedial Lit. I'm Spencer, here with me, the man of the hour who has somehow insulted seven different religions in the span of four minutes, Fletcher. That's a new record. It would be more, but Spencer cut us off. Connor, who is still not over the fact that I don't have a microphone <laughs> glued to my person at every given moment. All I'm saying is there was like a good like 20 minutes of B-roll that you just never got recorded. And we have Madre, who's desperately clinging to the last shreds of his sanity. I'm the last version of me. All the others died in the B-roll. And today we're going to talk about a very special book. And if I haven't cut out that part of the B-roll by now, there was a part where I was mentioning shooting down police helicopters, no. which is very, very important for today's message, kids. Which is, the government is always evil unless they give you weapons, in which case you can trust them. Okay. Okay. So we're going to obviously talk about The Survivalist, book two, Surviving Home.
2: We're going back to The Survivalist.
0: Survivalist home alone style like Sur-
1: surviving home I, I didn't know his wife was
0: that much of a nag <laughs> yeah so kevin McAllister, after his tirade in new york is on the run from the law no no we, so we we have morgan carter fletcher that emo- was his name yes a backpack guy the most generic man of all time do well we even, back- do we even mention his name when we did the first i episode? said like at once least once because I had to look up specifically what it is, which is the only
1: reason I can remember it. We're still going to call him
0: Backpack Guy.
1: He is forever
2: Back...
0: I honestly don't see a reason not to call him guy. But that. does he
2: carry around a backpack in this one? Because I'm, I'm assuming he's just at home. He wears this. it
3: in his home? Full
0: well, of he doesn't have a backpack. What instead he has is a series of high-speed tactical rigs that he wears around the house. You know, just in case. Wait. So I suppose so he's it-
1: putting shit in like his
0: pants pockets? <laughs> I sleep in a plate carrier at this point I suppose he uh, is more, I don't know, tactical man or something. And there, there's, It's interesting you say he sleeps with it, Madre, because I counted at least three <laughs> separate instances in this book where he's about to have sex with his wife, stops, says, oh wait, I left my gun outside, goes and grabs his gun and there's like one sentence in between him talking about his gun and then immediately boning his wife. So normally I don't su- subscribe to the whole like gun is a penis replacement thing, but it was weirdly <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) applicable to this specific scenario multiple times within this novel. Uh, we have Morgan, and he's back at home finally, having a good time with his wife Mel and his three kids. And they're laughing, eating the massive stockpile of food he put away. He's telling them all the hilarious stories of the people he killed <laughs> along the way. And they're like, wow, Dad, you really are cool.
2: Yeah, but when he was talking about them, did he only refer to them by like their sweatshirts like he did in the other book?
0: No, he refers to them as Leanne, Taylor, and Little Bit. Yeah, I don't know what the last one's name is, but that also confused me because he calls his dog Little Girl or something, like one of his dogs. Yeah, so it was confusing for a little bit because I thought originally he had four daughters, but no, it was just the dog. (laughs) And he's going ahead and he's having his cookout with his buds and somebody else finds all those bodies we mentioned at the end of the last book, just hang out by the lake. Uh, Yeah, and then he's like, oh yeah, I meant to mention that there's a bunch of dead bodies out there. I was having a really good time and forgot to bring it up. So they're like, okay, we probably should go look into that. And he tells this to like the one deputy in town, Mark, who says, well, okay, do you, you want to come help me like check all these dead bodies? And he's like, sure, why not? I'm down for it. And the town nag Pat is riding by on her bicycle in the apocalypse and says, oh that morgan he sucks he's a prepper you know i hate people who are prepared for emergencies you're in the apocalypse yeah but it doesn't mean he's right also he's rude to me and then she starts nagging the police saying what are you guys investigating can i come why can they come but i can't this is ridiculous i pay your taxes you know Anything to get that true crime fix. And so, what kind of the podcasts are down? She hasn't listened to, like what is it, Southern Fried Murder for the last two weeks. So she's got to get it somewhere. And she does this in a very particular way. She says, well, I'm just going to follow you then. And so they disable her bicycle by taking the chain off or something, handcuff her to the bike, and then say, well, yeah, actually, you're not. by." And they just drive off in their series of golf carts and mules, as any small parenting. town has. Parent, so the 35 year old woman needs parenting. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know who else needs some parenting, Connor? Mm, the Jesus. series of 18 year old girls they find slaughtered by the lakeside. All right. How do I they know they're 18? Uh, because one of them knows who one of them is. It's a guy named Reggie. And he says, yeah, my niece had like a tramp stamp or something on her back. So let's just take a look for the... Uh...
2: So they start looking at all these dead girls' asses? Well,
0: yes. And they managed <laughs> to identify one of them based on oh,
2: that. Okay.
0: And so they're like, oh, okay, well, clearly we have a serial killer on the loose, but there's nothing we can really do about it now. So let's just all go home. And before that happens, they look and they see massive identifying tire tracks and they are just sitting there in the swamp. They're like, eh, nothing we can do. Let's go. So, that's the opening to this book. That's the opening. Yeah, we followed up with, uh, you remember Sarge Fletcher? Oh,
2: yeah! He had all the, like, cool guns in the Faraday cage or something?
0: Yeah, yeah, so he's now living in the swamp hut with his, uh, fellow soldiers, like he's fucking Yoda or something, and he, they're all, like, cooking eggs and bacon and having a great time, talking about how cool it is that they, like, locked up and tortured DHS DHS agents, and like, man, it sure rocks being an AWOL soldier. You can just do whatever you want. There's no one to punish you either (laughs) and so they uh they're chilling out and sarge she's like ah, don't worry boys i cooked us up some food and they all start making fun of him like oh what are you gonna start wearing a dress too or something oh i'm sorry
3: do you not have to eat, <laughs>
0: asshole? And so Sarge, well, he, to respond to this, he calmly pulls out a gun, starts oh. chambering around, and then points it at his own <laughs> men who laugh and flee out the door, just <laughs> chuckling to each other, like, ha, what? Ha, ha. oh man, I love when he does this. Uh-huh. It's my favorite game. How about breakfast for two, huh? <laughs> well, you only cook two omelets and there's four of us, so I. I yeah, can... but
3: that's like 12 eggs. That means every apocalypse. I, I gotta like keep my.
0: The other thing I wanted to bring up is that, you know, in the first book, I said it was like just nothing but gear lists. Well, this time it's just fucking grocery lists the whole time because every time that there's food on page, which is about every three pages, he goes into a full description of the meal and how succulent it is. Like there's a full on side quest subplots about them just picking out the right ingredients for their dumb entrees. It's like fucking Ginny Craig ghost wrote this fucking book. But
2: do they talk about brands like they did in the last
0: Yes, one? they do, <laughs> except now it's all food brands.
1: Is there some off-color bit about Aunt Jemima being removed from the syrup bottle? He
0: keeps fucking talking about <laughs> red feather butter, whatever the fuck that is, which I think is probably a very offensive mascot, but I'm not quite certain. Land Lakes was too inoffensive for me (laughs) i wanted something with a little more kick you understand (laughs) and so they're all laughing and uh while they're laughing don the guy that owned the shop that the dhs nazi goons showed up in the last one they're just like hey don what are you doing here he's like well i was chased out of town by the federal government they're hunting me so i figured i'd come hang out with you guys oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and so don well he is uh Rather a rotund individual. And we understand this when Sarge turns to his men and says, I want this fat ass out of here. He's not going to help us take down the feds. I don't even like him that much. The fuck? Cool, dude. And so that's where we leave off Sarge's story, with him cooking up a catfish and Don slovenly eating it, where he has grease all over his face, wiping it on the tablecloth, and then turning and saying, So what's for dessert? You're supposed to turn your nose up at food so I can shoot at you.
3: But
2: do we get to go over to Bunny?
3: What's he doing?
0: No, that's a that's an entirely different series, uh, Fletcher. Well, what's the bit They're all the blending bit, together in the, your the mind? The guy
2: who shot the snake because he was afraid of it, and then they fad. went Fad. Like, fad. That's yeah, the
0: one. We do get more fad. <laughs> a whole fucking side plot. And you know how I said that the food descriptions get a little intense in this one? So what do you remember about Thad? Give me a physical description, Fletcher. He was a
2: very tall, very large man. Mm-hmm. And
0: what, what race was Thad?
2: African American
0: Ah yes So what would you imagine That oh, this don't, Rather no. Don't tell me don't What would you me. imagine This large African American And his family Are eating for dinner Don't Don't tell me don't. I don't I don't
1: Does it begin with a W
0: I It's not collard greens I swear to if God If it
2: rhymes with Ape ooze Then we're gonna have Some problems
0: So Thad and his family Are sitting down With the local farmer And the local preacher And they are eating Collard greens And cornbread Oh mm. madre i don't think you want this credit (laughs) (laughs) and so they're all talking uh and they're like yep it sure is dangerous out there i guess there's nothing for us to do except sit here and hope nothing bad happens to me and my loving family Oh, hell
2: and mr american can we talk about this scene
0: no we cannot also it is very strange that the narrator chose this exact voice to use for this character and this is not an exaggeration on any <laughs> on any part of that? Remedial yes of any part of Remedia lit this is actually a direct transcription from the audiobook and so Thad, he has to tuck his mom into bed, and she says, "Oh Thad, you're such a nice boy. Everything's gonna be fine for you and your loving family as long as you're all together and you all love each other." One of them's gonna die. And then the grand, like the grandma dies, and she- <laughs> <laughs> the DHS
3: doesn't even get to kill her in like a shootout. Is that no.
1: that's what you laugh at? A dying grandmother, real laugh a minute there, Fletcher.
3: <laughs> it's pretty cool.
1: It's well, pretty
0: cool. She fucking kicks the bucket and they bury her the next day or something and they're all like, She was such a loving woman and that and the racks <laughs> like, Except if you were my daddy, ha 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 because she yelled at him a lot. It was a very dangerous marriage. I don't think either of them were truly happy.
3: (laughs) She just died, dude. Can you keep a lid on that for like one day? Dude, the soliloquy's
2: gotta be real. You gotta keep it real with the homies.
0: Well, they're at the funeral, and Mr. Jackson, the old kindly farmer from next door, says, Well, Thad, you can always come and assist me at my pig farm. I could use a strapping young man to help me. Feed all the pigs and provide for myself. And I'll give you food, too, since you're starving and all. And so Thad's farming adventures start with Mr. Jackson. He's fucking playing Harvest Moon while everyone else is playing Call of Duty, apparently. Because back at Morganstown, this, by the way, is another aspect where mid-paragraph of the book they just change characters <laughs> like mid fucking thought process it just swaps to a whole different story they didn't they do that in the last book yeah too? so this is actually the piece together version i've managed to collate for you Fletcher. since i know you have a hard time understanding certain story beats Mike. once once again Spencer's is denying us the authentic experience you don't want it i'm helping you you're welcome so morgan he is sitting around and saying no one in this town wants to do anything they're all stupid we have a hundred people here and only five Five of them are even pulling guard duty, Mark. This is ridiculous. And he's like, well, Morgan, they're scared. That I don't know Like, you even want them around. It's mostly old people. We're in Florida. I don't think the 70-year-old geezer is going to be a lot of help. And then Morgan says, well, as long as I have supplies, I'll be fine. And that's all that matters. <laughs> oh. and, and so Mark... But he doesn't take handouts. Well, Mark says, can I borrow your truck to go see the sheriff so that I can get supplies Let for everyone? Guess. No. And, well, Morgan actually charges his rifle and says... "Uh." You can't have my truck. I'll drive you there, but I'm not giving you the keys. Why did
1: you have to charge charge a rifle? Well, he
0: also like almost points it at the only cop in town because he's like, you can't seize my vehicle, or you're one of them. Who is them, if I may ask? The DHS, Fletcher, the bad guys. Uh-huh. I'm a deputy, dude. Yeah, and you're trying to take what's mine, and that wouldn't fly in the before time, so now it's a different world.
3: Local
2: police. What happens if you get a shooter? I live a-
0: here. And so Morgan drives him into town. As they're driving, they get stopped by the police, who are like, who are you? Why do you have guns? Give me those. And then Mark's like, dude, chill, he's with me like we're just going to get some supplies don't bark up that tree <laughs> and, and he's like okay here's the sheriff and the sheriff's just like yep well anyway tarnation i'm like an old-time sheriff i don't even wear modern military armor and have weapons like that i got a little lever gun here which makes up for the fact i have 25 swat team members positioned outside who pointed weapons at your face the second you got out of your car in case you couldn't understand authority is the bad guy in this case but here have a bunch of supplies bye now
3: I just want an old timey southern sheriff that's like completely modern tactical. He, he like shows up in a bomb suit, he has like an AA 12.
0: Hell yeah, dude. Going back
2: to what Connor said, didn't he specifically say that he doesn't take handouts?
0: Well, this is different now. It's uh, the things are he actually keeps I saying, changed. I earned this every <laughs> time that Mark is on screen with Morgan, he says something of the variation that things are different now. Oh, yeah. It weren't like at it were before. Every single fucking time they're together. So they go back to town, and earlier Morgan had given Mark some supplies from his massive stash, and Pat saw it. So she's like, "That dumb Morgan thinks he can just sit on his vast hordes of resources like a dragon." Don't Not do this, Pat. Watch. So Pat has a mob of people outside the only deputy's house, point- oh, pointing. How Nag has a gang? <laughs> yeah, uh, led by her husband and evil criminal son. They are all pointing guns at the sheriff. Like the, like the sheriff deputy's wife and they're saying like we want your food it seems we like want they run food. this town already then <laughs> and there's a gang of people so Morgan shows up and says what are you all doing here this is ridiculous you can't do this why wouldn't they attack Morgan's house we're getting to that in just a second here Ugh. Connor because what happens if
2: they just turn and well, shoot they're, Morgan they're
0: actually about to do that because they turn and they say well we're just gonna kill you sometime <laughs> Morgan and take what we want from you and he's like is that a fact and they're like yeah so <laughs> Morgan just <laughs> shoots Leland and Randall in the head in front of, like, 25 people. Oh, that's a... That, that's cool. the signal, guys. That That's the signal. I'm glad <laughs> the, that we... And,
2: so, was he the only one that had a gun?
0: Well... I think that they had guns, but they weren't drawn or something. So these characters were just introduced just to show up and die. Well, then Pat says, "What have you done?" And then Morgan just shoots her in the head too. What? We're up to three. That's that's the
3: signal. Anybody else?
2: All right, Madre. You keep you keep track of how many. And so Mark is like, "What
0: the fuck did you just do?" He's like, "Things are different now, Mark. You heard me. (laughs) I wasn't about to look over the my shoulder the rest of my life. I did you a favor." Everyone get in line for supplies, and then everyone lines up for supplies with the dead bodies right there. He parses out all the rice and beans. So you put yourself in charge of all the supplies, openly execute three people, but you don't want to look over your shoulder? So Mark decides that he's going to do something very special. He is going to do nothing and Uh he just lets morgan go home and everyone's like glaring at morgan because they're mad he shot some people in the head we assembled this mob to kill him he killed three (laughs) of us and then you let him go and so morgan walks in he's like well honey was it an interesting day from his wife mel he's like yeah i shot three people in the head did you not hear and then she's like did you but why I mean, everyone probably has enough food like us, right? Things are different now. Yeah, he says that. And and then she's... Well, his wife is so fucking moronic. It's ridiculous. Because... At first, like for the first two introductions she has, she's just like, yeah, I just assume everyone has stockpiles of food enough for a year. I don't know why everyone's so mad that they want our stuff, but I'm not giving them anything. And if they try to take it, Morgan, you'd better kill them.
2: (laughs) This sounds like the only person that can be with Morgan. It's him
0: in a dress just saying these things. And so after that little incident, we cut away again. After like Morgan goes to Pat's house and finds that they have a massive stockpile of supplies, and also her son Randall had a whole bunch of serial killer trophies stashed in his room, and he was probably the serial killer who's murdering women. Uh, we're gonna okay. gloss over that for now.
2: Is what is that why all those women died at the beginning? The eighteen year olds?
0: Yeah, it was Randall. He uh, had some run-ins with the law before. He's been caught shoplifting, and that kind oh, of right. seemed like
1: <laughs> a dead <laughs> plot point. Okay, now you know, being a serial killer is one thing, but
3: shoplifting, torturing small animals, shoplifting, well, serial killing—that's the tunnel. <laughs> well,
0: Reg is mad because he's like i guess we'll never know now if he killed my niece or not and morgan's like i guess not bye i got cancer. i mean the circumstantial evidence is uh, looking pretty substantial <laughs> and also uh mark yells at morgan that he have to go bury those bodies you can't just leave them on the front lawn he's like are you serious right now why do i have to do this
3: also wait so you don't have forensics so were you planning on him just to confess
0: like what Well, the argument that Morgan makes is, what are we going to do? Lock him in jail? We don't have those anymore. (laughs) Things are different now. (laughs) We can make one. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so the argument that they keep bringing up is that they don't have a jail multiple <laughs> times every time they just resort to they, murder But you, like didn't it
1: they was have an a, emp like I mean, it, yeah, like it, it, it did
2: not you still have a have deputy but it no didn't jail. destabilize the structure like, you still
0: have a building yeah that's that is the part that didn't click with me either because like they still have the cells that they can put people like the brick and mortar is still there but they're just like we don't have jails there aren't any courts anymore it's just us and our guns and that's the best kind of justice there is what and so that's the justification that they use the rest of this book every time they summarily execute someone
1: you don't like it well why don't you just appeal oh wait
0: i'm just actually going to shoot you in the head yeah Uh, i have a bulletproof skull they tried
3: that see that's why i pre-drew my gun killed three of you (laughs) oh gotcha now we get into
0: negotiation
2: why doesn't anybody stop morgan after he literally just executed three people
0: they're also mad because Morgan shot a deer at night that ran out to his front lawn and oh everyone knows he has boy. venison. We're back to devolution again. <laughs> and so Sarge, he says to his guys that he met with an army colonel in a cabin and that they're supposed to go and fulfill the plan of attacking any DHS targets of opportunity with extreme prejudice as well as any postal service workers. Wait, what? <laughs> and they're <laughs> they're to specifically target them with sniper fire and IEDs. You're fragging mailmen? <laughs> Well you see the mailmen are performing a census, madre. They're collecting information. And in the, in the meantime, while Morgan was walking we're, home, we're literally <laughs> shooting the messenger. <laughs> The DHS has assembled enough people to build concentration camps around the United States that they're sending people to and pinning papers to their chest. And they're being forced to perform work duty to rebuild the country at gunpoint.
2: And what way do they need to rebuild the country?
0: We have to put them in work camps. That's as far as they get into it. They just say they need physical labor. The only time we see them doing anything are when people are just filling sandbags. So I'm not sure what exactly it is we're doing. <laughs>
3: well we outsource to the fucking postal service
0: and so sarge and his boys they're like yeah we're gonna go the one place they'll never look for us we're gonna go back to my house that they staked out before and we're gonna collect a bunch of supplies i'd stash there and so they're cruising on out and i think don wants to go with them or something but like he has a heart attack and dies he wait he, what yeah at some point he just we, has we he,
3: introduced this character
0: Yeah, he just has a heart attack and dies after being very useless, I forget exactly when, but it doesn't matter because he never interacts with the story at any point, except to show that there are useless people out there and Sarge hates them. And so instead, one of his guys is like, Sarge, I don't know if I necessarily agree with killing all of the U.S. service workers, it feels like this is kind of against a lot of the stuff we agreed to. I took an oath to kill postal workers, actually. Sarge decides instead, Son, why didn't the Germans stop the Nazis? Truth is, I actually don't know. I don't think anyone does. All I know is that people are not going to ask the same question of old Linus 20 years from now. So let's get out there and kill us some mailmen. What do you say, and the kiddos all agree that's the best what? course of action. Hmm. What
3: is the can- I am st- what?
1: If only the Nazis would have killed postal workers. <laughs> Who delivers your mail, Ant American?
0: When was the last time you stepped inside it? I don't believe ball? in the mail. It's part of my taxes, and I refuse to pay those. So the fact that I've blown <laughs> up my own mailbox only means that I'm off scot-free for any overdue fines your charges. <laughs> No. I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> Meanwhile, Thad's putting around on a tractor and helping old Mr. Jackson. They're bottling honey and raising the pigs and chickens and tossing feed to the cows. And it's a wonderful time for old Thad. And he's sitting there and he's talking to his son. There's like a whole like bonding father-son moment laughing with the wives. Like, now don't you fill up on biscuits before I cook dinner. I'm cooking more cornbread, Thaddeus. Oh, my God. Biscuits I don't, I don't and like cornbread. Little starch. Little a little carb-heavy, personally, for my taste. But, you know, it's the end of the world. You make do with what you got. Anyway, Thad shows up one day, and uh, he sees a bunch of people walking out of old Mr. Jackson's house with his clearly stolen stuff. I assume it's just, like, family portraits and, <laughs> like, his his walking cane that they're laughing and doing a little dance routine with. And you know, one's got one side of a couch, the other's got the other side of it. So Thad blasts them all with a shotgun, and he walks in. Oh, that he just it. had. Oh. Yeah, he just has it with him. And uh, he walks in, and old Mr. Jackson was pretending to be dead on the floor, and he wakes up, he's like, Thaddeus, please, Uh, I'm dying here. I know I haven't got much longer. Truth is that I only held off long enough to tell you to make those sons of bitches pay. Kill them, Thaddeus. (laughs) Kill them all and no mercy. I already (laughs) did
1: that. What's next? With
0: his last breath being one of vengeance and hate, he expires <laughs> on the floor. And then Thaddeus walks out and it's like it turns out it was like a starving family. It's like the daughter is still kind of alive. She's like, We were starving wait, wait, to death. Wait, wait. Please, we needed the food. It isn't like it was before. Well, Thad just says, You didn't have to kill him. He would have given you anything you need. But now You gotta pay. And then he shoots the little girl in the head. Oh (laughs) my god. He starts with the child. Well, the other two are already dead. It's just the 16 year old, so he caps her. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, Thad's changed a little bit from last time we saw him. He's about to change some more. (laughs) And so after a series of unrelated dumb accidents at Morgan's community, uh, he notices that like everyone is starving and they're all sitting. They're literally just sitting in their houses starving to death and none of them are doing anything like that's not an exaggeration. They're not even outside. They're just starving to death indoors. And he's like, this is ridiculous. You all are sheeple. I would never have allowed this to happen. I'm also the only one defending you all. And out of a town of like a hundred people, only Morgan and his two best friends are like, will man the barricades to stop any raiders that would come through. You're welcome, by the way. We're doing this out of the goodness of our hearts. And uh, like a bunch of shit happens. Like I said, he kills the deer. Everyone's like mad at him. He's like, but I'm a good person. He like he's giving out medicine Wait. to dying like children. And he like he sees an old lady who's starving to death. So he brings her a box of like canned food and she's like you're such a good boy morgan oh looking out for us elderly folk why are people mad he killed a deer because uh, they wanted to kill the deer but they don't have night vision goggles like him so they all go out in the day in a swarm of like 75 people in a hunting party and just stomp through the brush trying to kill animals to eat
2: <laughs> so he's literally just paying to win
0: and then uh he saves an old man who accidentally chops off his own leg with a chainsaw Oh, yeah. He rushes him to the veterinarian who's like, "Okay, now keep this wound clean. Then Morgan has to keep showing up and being like, you're not changing your dressing again. I have to save you, old man. Keep working the ham radio, though, and tell me what's going on in the outside world. It's your only use to me now, kickstand. <laughs> <laughs> and so Morgan, you know his friend Reggie who uh, no. like had the had his niece killed? He's like, oh, yeah, this is my niece. Yes. I recognize the tramp stamp. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Why would
2: he know his niece's tramp
0: stamp? And so Reggie, well, he figures out that Randall had an accomplice because it's the only other guy in town with a working truck with the exact tires that they found. And so it's like, okay. Uh, I kidnapped him, Morgan. I'm going to torture him to death in my barn. You want to oh, help? So, this is hostage now? Yeah, this is this. it turns into hostile, because they're just torturing this kid to death, and he's like, yeah, fine. Like, I, kill, I killed him. It was all Randall. I helped. And he's like, okay, and just kill the kid. And then Reggie turns to Morgan and <laughs> See, is like, this
3: is what justice looks like. If you would to let me do this with Randall, things would have been different, and not how they're different right now, because yeah, I know things are different.
0: Well, that's actually the conversation <laughs> they have directly after they kill him. They're like, yep, we did the right thing. Things are different now. We don't have jails or anywhere to put them, so this is the what? only way we could do it. Still, it feels a little weird to not have a judge. You think Mark would be mad at us and they're like, yeah, probably. That square doesn't know. He's having a difficult time adjusting to that new order of things. Boy, Florida's so big, you could almost hear the echo. <laughs> and so. <laughs> And so Morgan is just sitting and musing to himself, how could Randall do it? Kill three people. I just couldn't even comprehend it. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, the irony poisoning. And meanwhile, there's like a traveling band of refugees who pass by and they're like, the cities are a war zone. You can't go there. We're going to live in the woods and subside off of all of nature's provisions. Mm, Don't know about that. And as they're walking out, Morgan turns to Regis like, you think we should tell them there's no food or water out there? And Morgan's like, that's not for us to say. are different now. <laughs> okay. I don't sure. have to share it with them. And so they just let these people march off, which will certainly have no negative side effects later on. And Sarge's crew is just doing their guerrilla warfare campaign. I wish I could say that this part of the book was interesting. <laughs> you know, the part with like all the military action and codes and stuff. But no, it's honestly them sitting in the woods and talking about like, oh, yeah, Sarge, he's kind of a pussy, isn't he? He's got that dumb sleeping pad with him. And that's basically it for 75 pages. <laughs> (laughs) As they stomp around killing DHS goons with rocket launchers and machine guns, as the three-man fire team takes out about four hundred men, just blowing up attack helicopters and boats, and then narrowly getting away each time. (laughs)
1: Is a dude in
3: shorts coming out of a fucking brown truck to deliver somebody's birthday card gets hit in the fucking head with a fifty-caliber round.
2: Spencer, I think you're exaggerating. It doesn't sound like it went on for seventy-five pages. It felt like it. (laughs) (laughs) time dilated
0: it was definitely painful enough to account for that and they're like uh, in a full-blown shadow civil war because random military elements just show up and give them a care package full of like missile launchers and like thermal grenades and they're like okay now kill as many people as you can find reasonably of course (laughs) Okay, sure. Okay, so they're stomping through the floor to Everglades. The only part that matters here is when they find out that there's like gangs of redneck swamp men that are working with the DHS. Why would they be working with the DHS? Yes, so there's Are they related
2: to the two Hilljacks from the first one?
0: They are basically... It's all one character. (laughs) But there's just like hordes of these swamp folk that are reporting to the DHS agents (laughs) and pulling guns. And every time, Sergeant his crew narrowly escaped capture by shooting 700 times their enemy force down from helicopters and fucking space shuttles with their never-ending supply of missile launchers and they're like yep we barely got away again through our clever ingenuity boys why are
2: the why are the swamp men the hardest
0: adversaries they've had to fight we'll get to that don't worry it's a major plot point oh Meanwhile, Thad's just moved into Mr. Jackson's home per his last request, and he's sitting there and saying, man, at least I have a farm now. Things are going to be A-OK for old Thad. Everything's going to be roses and gravy from here on out. And- Thank goodness we took that revenge out of the way real quick. And so Thad, he's like, I guess I better prepare for some sort of home invasion type activity, though. And so he puts together bug out bags for him and his family, just like Morgan taught him. And he's like, yep, I feel secure now. I'm just going to start stashing guns around the house, too, just in case. A reasonable provision. (laughs) And that's when the mailman appears, Fletcher. Oh, no. Don't
2: tell me the mailmen are actually working for the DHS. Time BHS. to go postal.
0: <laughs> Three knocks on the door, Fletcher. It signals the end times. Opening it, he sees a scary-looking middle-aged guy standing there in postal shorts and a blue top. And he says, is your name don't... Fad?" No
3: wow, we actually found you even though you're in a house that's not yeah, yours? Yeah, like how did they find He's dad? like, where's
0: Mr. Jackson, the owner of this property? And he's like, oh, he's dead. He got killed by people and I killed them. And the mailman's like, interesting. Let me write that down in my little notebook here. And in the background, there's like a scary DHS agent standing there in completely black uniform with combat boots and a big rifle who's staring through mirrored sunglasses unwaveringly at Thad. And he's just like, who's that? And he's like, oh, that's just my associates <laughs> what's his name that's not important fad <laughs> what is important though is that you've been given seven days you're to surrender all of your weapons and walk to the nearest bus to go to your work camp i mean relocation center if i don't interesting you say that fad <laughs> because there are certain jobs that people don't want to do and like we go can... store <laughs> <laughs> and we could make things very difficult for you and your you, like looks around family
2: <laughs> okay
0: And he's, yeah honestly he's like okay well make sure to show up then thanks for letting us know and he's like see you around fad <laughs> and then him and his goon climb back into the postal truck they're in <laughs>
1: and putter down the road I'm picturing Newman from Seinfeld <laughs> <laughs>
0: And he's basically like, yes, we'll give you jobs breaking rocks unless you show up to drive trucks for us, Thad. You see, we're conducting a census for the entire United States to see where everyone is right now. Under the War Provision Martial Law Treaty of 1903, the the Postmaster General can perform a (laughs) census in times of dire
3: need. The Postmaster General has become a real general. Is this
0: the most evil thing an American could think <laughs> the- and so it's- the next day, Thad he goes out with a truck that has a radio in it and he's like, Yeah, does anyone know anything about these mail workers? And <laughs> <laughs> people just answer him back. Oh yeah, they've been like kidnapping people across the country and sending them to death camps. <laughs> oh! And so Thad's like, well, thank you for the information. I appreciate that. And he drives back to his house, and it's then he sees that his entire house is engulfed in flames and that their oh. mail truck is puttering away down the road.
1: <laughs> he said he had seven days! <laughs> Special delivery.
0: <laughs> Rush order. And Thad's like, oh no, I can't get inside. The smoke is too strong, but I will manage to grab the gun by the door. What about I'll his need that out for bags? Uh, he grabs he grabs the, those, but he can't get to his family. And after the fire. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I guess his family should have gotten their own get out they should have Practice their drills. <laughs> after the family, after like the house burns down, he finds the burn crisp remains of his family cowering in the corner of the bedroom. Whoa. And this is the part where it gets into hypergraphic detail of exactly how burn injuries work. It, the rest of the book is written just very passively. And then like this one section is just like as the human flesh. Burns. I could see the white marks where the skin crisped and popped as blisters formed along their throat as they screamed. I'm like, "What the fuck? <laughs>
1: Holy
2: shit." I don't
1: I don't think this is a brand deal you want to go into in American
0: <laughs> Revenge again. How much revenge does he have to get? <laughs> Meanwhile, Morgan's walking around town talking. Everyone wants handouts these days. No one wants to work for anything. I'm the only one who cares about this town. And Boomer.
2: So Thad just had to watch his own family get incinerated. And Morgan's complaining about people who are trying to take his food.
3: The Andersons won't get off my lawn.
2: I
1: guess I better go kill one of my
3: neighbors.
0: (laughs) And meanwhile, Mark shows up. He's like, Morgan, everyone is starving. Will you please share your food? Morgan's like, no. <laughs> and, and then like Morgan just starts laughing. And so Mark is like, what the hell are you laughing at? What's so damn funny? Well, everyone's starving to death. And then Morgan's just like, I was just thinking of that South Park episode. You know the one where they go and they find the starving Ethiopian kid? Oh, man, that one kills me. <laughs>
3: and sociopath
0: gunshots ring out and morgan is forced to respond the only one in town that will and he finds all of those people they sent off saying yeah go live in the woods i don't care well they've come back with guns uh they're all dead by the time morgan gets there though because reggie has killed them all but his nephew robbie has been shot and he's dying on the ground he's like uncle reggie i don't want to die i'm only a minor it it's not right things are different now and then he's like he dies so they go and they they find like the one attacker that survived and he's like bleeding on the ground and mark's like okay we need to question him we need to lock him up and then reggie just pulls a buck knife and sticks it in the dude's throat and then he says the line connor thank you for preempting me on that (laughs) so did these refugees find the gun tree or something uh we had just enough bullets to storm the town we checked because we checked afterwards and there was no ammunition
3: so you showed up with guns and you're like let us live here And it's like nah We're good. So, all right, we'll just come back with our guns we already had.
2: They, had, they didn't even have any spare ammo?
1: They, they what, just shot it all and were just sitting there? No, we're, li- we're working on uh, Fallout rules where if
0: you, like, kill someone, they
1: don't have any equipment on their bodies. Oh, the Bioshock okay. special.
0: And so they're like, yeah, Mark's not adapting well to the new situation. Anyway, let me go get my daughter a little bit. I want to show her the dead bodies. She needs to see these things because it's important now. That and this kid is literally six years old. So the bullet-riddled corpses, he goes and he takes his daughter. He's like, look, honey, this is what happens. People die now. It's important that you understand that. And then Mark's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? I don't want my daughter to see
3: this shit. Now, hold on. I'm going to reference a South Park episode, and it's going to be hilarious to them.
0: Morgan, I wanted to talk to you about some of your inappropriate references. <laughs> now, I understand. Hey, guys. I want talk about my inappropriate references. Oh, my God. They killed Robbie. <laughs> And so Morgan, he's like, well, there's nothing we can do. Let's bury these bodies, I guess. And then uh, that's about it. Like that night they're walking around. Somebody like steals a chicken and like there's like a fight that breaks out over it. And Mark drives up. He's like, well, what the fuck do you want me to do about it? They're like, we'll shoot him in the head, obviously. It's your turn. Sure. Mark says, I'm not going to shoot a guy for stealing a fucking chicken. And then the guy like, gets up and runs off. And Morgan's like, yeah, you probably should just shot him in the head. That's what I would have done. Or at least in the leg. Come on. Mark's like, I'm fucking done with this town I am done Morgan's like maybe I should build some stocks in the middle of town and then he does with his best friend Danny and they're assembling the stocks I find yeah, it strange instead of tomatoes it's bullets I find
1: it strange that Mark exists in this book like, <laughs> like animation would take the time to write
0: this character oh there's a reason he's here Connor but you're not gonna let see me it guess he's end. an
2: evil socialist or something
0: and after they build the stocks, they go and they take spare parts and hook up a makeshift solar power generator to Danny's house just in their spare time. So he had extra solar panels just lying around that he decided not to do anything with for quite a while. I just want to point that out. I was gonna eat them, but eh. this oh, this whole time he keeps talking about, yeah, we're certainly getting low on food though. And then every morning he's like can of prepackaged full ham, whole bag of eggs. Whole bottle of peanut butter. Like he has a never ending supply chest that he's like, yeah, we really don't have much though. Except, you know, for the year's supply of food I put away beforehand and the seven thousand rounds of ammunition. This stuff doesn't stay good very long. Where did you get this? How did you store Costco. it? Costco. Uh also Costco. <laughs> I own a Costco. By that, I mean I shot a guy who owns a Costco. <laughs> and while they're building the stocks, like, we need some more defenses, too. Maybe we could make some of these gamberons or whatever. It's this Roman earthenwork siege design I just happened to know about. We're going to build it out of Florida bamboo <laughs> and soil. Oh, That was way better than my idea. I was going to build an aqueduct, but... I, well, we don't need water. You see, with the solar panel, we managed to power the water purifier so people can come and fill up their rust colored jugs at my house. Because I'm a generous guy, and I'm going to allow them that opportunity. And Sergeant and his boys, they're in the woods, Fletcher, because they're finally meeting with their contact. And that's when the DHS attack choppers come out, Fletcher. And it's only through their clever maneuvering, smart tactics, and the ability to call in seven A-10 attack warplanes. What? what? Sorry.
2: Yeah,
0: so uh, so there was a shadow (laughs) war and that the DHS took over everything in the first book. Uh Apparently they didn't because there's whole entire army bases that have now gone rogue and are just operating the military equipment as needed to fight Uh the DHS. So it descended Uh
1: into warlords.
0: Yeah, kind of, except that's not really important for what comes next. It's more of a background detail for Uh flavor. So phase one was census, not
3: you know, wrangle up the,
0: well, the military. We, th- we thought that our endless supply of DHS goons could contain the military industrial complex. Uh, but unfortunately they're actually very bad at fighting. They look cool though. We got the black uniforms and everything. It's totally sick. <laughs> so they, uh, the, yeah, the warplanes come in and they just gun down like whole battalions of DHS goons that are riding in stolen humvees. And then Sarge is like, yep, yeah, let's go check out the base. And they're, they have like whole fucking armies of DHS goons like in chains. It's like, the soldiers are pointing guns and marching them around the base and the colonel comes out and says yes first sergeant linus you're truly a credit to this country i'm so glad you're here because i have a special mission that only you and your boys can <laughs> undertake for me the
3: Postmaster General.
0: The assassination is on. Well, actually Thad's on the hunt, not them. Because oh. Thad is now sitting outside the post office after he bike <laughs> after he bicycled into town. And he's sitting there and he's like, It was getting dark. The temperature was dropping. But Thad had enough hate to keep him warm. That's <laughs> not not how sat hate there works. All night. What? And he sits there and watches the guy get into like his little postal truck and start smoking a cigarette. <laughs> but, I sure do love threatening people and killing children. Funny. <laughs>
3: There's enough stamps in here for me to live like a king. That's and, not my life anymore.
0: <laughs> Thad is like sitting in his truck in the bushes waiting for the truck to drive by and he slams on the gas knocks the postal truck off the road and then knocks them both out and when they wake up it is like hostile because they're in Thad's barn. One of them is suspended via a rope and pulley system and the other one is the mailman is like tied to a chair and so thad is like perhaps you don't know me gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> can't what say that he? i do
2: is he is this a saw trap or
0: some shit <laughs> it gets there it gets there cuz like thad's like but you will remember me for however little time you have left. And he starts like honeying up the dude's feet and like lowering him into the pig pen. So oh the... no. Oh like, my God. First. So the pigs start eating this dude's feet. He's like screaming and Thad just like very nonchalantly turns to the other guy. He's like, who shot them? Was it you or him? And like the DHS guy is like, no, no, I shot him. But uh, the other guy set the fire. He did it. It was Marty. Well, what the hell, man? <laughs> and so he's like, oh, thank you for letting me know. And then he calls out a buck knife slits open the dude's guts just to, like just below the skin oh. gut punches him to knock the intestines out and then starts throwing the intestines to the pigs.
2: Holy shit what this got fuck? so
0: dark so fast. And like that just has like no expression on his face but like the way the book says it is like and that's when they heard the screams that no one in that barn had heard before. <laughs> what? And so Marty's like peeing himself the mailman and crying he's like no no they were dead when I set the fire you don't understand my bosses it's standard operating procedure. <laughs> That's standard? Uh, yeah, for the post office, even. He even. was just... Following
2: the postmaster general's <laughs> orders,
0: and so Thad's like, "Have a cigarette, Marty," and he's like, oh, "Good. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm gonna let you be now." And he's like, "Oh, thanks, dude." He's like, "Oh, he's don't thank light him on don't fire. thank me. I said I was gonna leave you on your own." And then he yeah, he tosses a lighter down and sets the barn on fire. And I like, guess he's walking out. The mailman's just <laughs> like, "They were alive when they burned. They screamed, and then they burned." He's like, so Thad's just like, "I guess then all that's left for you is the screaming," and walks out. <laughs> No, man, you just killed your pigs. No, no, he actually lets the pigs out. Uh, <laughs> he's not inhumane, Madre. Because I was worried about the same thing. I'm like, he just burned all these innocent pigs for no reason. <laughs> they were accomplices. <laughs> And so Thad <gasps> sits by his truck and just watches the guy burn to death in the barn and then oh he's my like fucking God. Yeah, the whole time he's like holding his dead child's transformer toy in his hand. <laughs> Starscream. <laughs> Starscream. Get that shit out of here. Oh gross, this is one of the Beast Wars one. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Grimlock is cool.
1: You would say that, Connor I
0: do. <laughs> Your kid had terrible taste in Transformers. <laughs> and then Thad just gets in his car and he's like, well, nothing to do but drive and go see Morgan, I guess.
3: What? <laughs> this guy wraps up revenge so quick. He's been through like four arcs. How many pages do you think it took for him
2: to be able to get revenge?
0: If Thad was the main character of this book, this book would already be over. <laughs> and so Morgan, he's manning the barricade when Jeff shows up, who's a cool dude chewing bubblegum, driving by on a Harley, and he gets off. He's got two pistols and a Mosin-Nagant rifle. Which, for those of you that don't know, no, is about six feet long, strapped to the side of his motorcycle. It's a terrible Russian rifle. Gets off and says, Well, can I get some water from you folks? I'm just coming from Miami. I picked this bad boy up. I'm from Arizona, you understand? Let me give you my whole life story as I slowly walk towards no, your barricade. I can
2: do without it.
0: Only room for one main character in this town, Pilgrim. <laughs> and so Morgan makes him stop, takes his guns, like, Here, have some water. And then the guy just starts chewing Bazooka Joe bubblegum. And, like, he's, because we you know, because he's reading the comic that it comes in and (laughs) and laughing to himself. (laughs) and he's like hey you want some bubble gum for your kids and he opens up his motorcycle carrying compartment and he has like an 8 pound bag of bubble gum he just happens to have with him he's like yeah I've just been cruising around the country checking stuff out it's pretty sick on a motorcycle actually and Morgan's like yeah it's pretty funny let me tell you a joke and he's like reads the Bazooka Joe comic and then Jeff laughs so hard that he chokes on his own gum and passes out what
2: the fuck okay sure and he's
0: like Morgan's trying to do the Heimlich maneuver but it doesn't work so the guy's turning purple and has no pulse and he's lying on on the ground and then Mark shows up and stomps on his chest with a boot causing the wad of bubble gum to fly out and Jeff's like man that sure was close can I stay here for the night? I I don't know can you? You're gonna fucking fall off? You choking to death was part of the joke by the way and so Morgan invites him back to stay in his house and his wife's like who is this random man and Morgan's like this is Jeff he's a computer programmer he's pretty awesome he's gonna help me open up that encrypted secret uh, computer laptop that Sarge gave me at the end of the last book that I haven't done anything with until till now. I am. Yeah, you certainly are, Jeff. Anyway, let's go to my shack. And Jeff's also like, I have a uh, secret Faraday cage that I kept my iPad in. And so I have a working iPad for all of your daughters to play Angry Birds on.
2: That's what we're using it for?
0: Yeah, that was the most uh, convenient thing to have it around for, I guess. And so he just hands it off to the kids and they're all laughing and playing and like, Jeff, you really are a cool guy. You want to join my crew? I could use a man like you. A guy with a silenced pistol. (laughs) A guy that nearly died to bubble gum. A most dangerous operative. So Jeff joins his little fucking commune that he's building, but then the cool part, Fletcher, Sarge's storyline finally pays off when they get.
2: Does he kill more people?
0: No, they get the hyena, Fletcher. The what? A combat dune buggy. I'm talking seven foot roll cage, sixteen points to plant your two forty nine machine guns. It's got nitro, Fletcher. This thing is the bees' fucking knees, and they're gonna use it to wage war on the post office. To kill more people. Uh, Not people. Postal workers. Yeah, not people, and uh, DHS goons if they find any. But the colonel's like, yes, I need you to go and build resistance cells across the United States for me so that we can wage war on all fronts. Looks like it's already being waged on all fronts. (laughs) And then they get an email from Morgan, who, like, sends, like, hey, we're being attacked, and Sarge is like, saddle up the dune buggy boys. But for some random
2: dude you met in, like,
0: the last book? Well, as Thad is driving out to go see Morgan, he gets stopped by the entire police department of some County. That's a shame for the police department. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that the one black man driving in the apocalypse still gets stopped. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else said it. And anyway, they pull him over. He's like, "Where would you get the DHS rifle, Sonny boy?" He's like, "Oh, I killed a DHS agent." And they're like, "You what now?" And so they haul him into the sheriff, and the sheriff's like, "My boys, tell me you killed a mailman." He's like, "Yeah, I certainly did." And they're like, "Okay, so where's the body?" And he's like, "By now, probably pig shit." And then he tells him the whole story of how he brutally tortured two men and killed them in fed them to pigs and the sheriff's like what the fuck i like the cut of your jib son (laughs) i'm deathly terrified of you so you know Uh, another warlord in the wonderful future and so thad like lets him go And earlier thad heard a little story about the hessians connor gangs of roving raiders that attack towns that don't want to comply with the dhs relocation orders and they're german the Hessians. (laughs) that's just just what they're called in reality they are just gangs of motorcycle mad max raiders who exchange pot shots with the DHS guys, but no one has ever hurt. They also burn downtowns and rape women and like, burn churches. Hurt. Yeah, not to be confused with the other game,
3: the Landschnecht,
0: you know, <laughs> oh, no. who wield
3: bastard swords.
0: So... Dad is going to Morgan's, and he meets up with them. He's like, hey, Morgan, it's me. By the way, my family's dead. You want to hear the story of how I killed two people? And he tells Morgan the entire story. I think he's just bragging at this point. <laughs> and that night, Morgan's community is firebombed by gangs of raiders riding four-wheelers who are throwing Molotovs through houses. And then Morgan just steps outside and kills them all. And he's like, yep, that certainly was dangerous. That Someone was, could have gotten hurt. That was quick. Not me, though. I'm fine. <laughs> Unlike these whole, like three whole families that burn to death in these fires. (laughs) But they did manage to take one of them alive, and they put him in the stocks, and then Mark just takes him and disappears until the end of the book. Yeah, so that happens, and then they, well, they have all these extra ATVs now, so Morgan and Jeff and Thad, they're like, we should take these to a trading post so that we can get more supplies and get fuel for them all. What do we have to trade? Bullets and canned hams. Perfect. Because the old lady that runs the store is a toothless hillbilly that loves canned meat. Will they show up there, Fletcher? And who do you think is guarding the store, Fletcher? The hillbilly. Oh, you are good at this. The North Florida Militia, who are decked out in each one about $7,000 worth of tactical gear. What? Yeah, I was running the numbers on the listed items just to make sure I wasn't overvaluing <laughs> the anything. Fucking showcase showdown is this? And, well, the, the goons are like, yep, we're the militia around here. He's like, okay, so what are you doing about the gangs of raiders burning people's houses down? He's like, I don't I don't quite understand what you're asking. What are we doing about it? I And mean, I mean, they haven't attacked us. Yeah, I don't I don't see why we would go out and interfere <laughs> with that. It doesn't really seem like I, our kind of thing. I was just adopting
3: your wait-and-see approach like you did.
0: And behind them, a DHS agent is walking around with his hands behind his back saying, interesting ATVs, Mr. What do you say your name was? And he's like, oh, my name? It's Haywood. Haywood what? Haywood, you blow me? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I always fall for that That's pretty good And he's like Haha. Mr. Haywood, then, <laughs> I'll remember your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and so they, the guy is like clearly some kind of evil, nefarious mastermind, and they're like, I don't trust that guy. Let's get nine gallons of gas and drive back home. Because
2: he made a your mom joke?
0: No, they made a your mom joke to him, and Thad's like, these guys are dangerous. Them and the mailmen. <laughs> And so as they're driving back, they like shake the dude, like they go a different route And they, they find Mark and he's like now dressed up in DHS gear. He's like pushing refugees to the ground and laughing. And he's like, ha ha. Oh, hey guys, what's up? This is the reason he's in the story. He's like, yeah, you see, we're finally giving people what they want. They like to be told what to do, but sometimes they have to be convinced. And he's joined the DHS and is like gooning it up with the rest of them, just like forcing refugees into not concentration camps. And then Morgan's like, what about us? He's like, what about you guys? You'll join up eventually. And he's like, no, we're not. He's like, no one can last forever, Morgan. You'll see. You'll all see. (laughs) (laughs) Punished Mark. Well, I have a year's worth of food. And he's like, do you now be ashamed if something were to happen to it? Huh, Morgan? (laughs) (laughs) And so they're like, okay, well, we got rid of the guard, let's have a cookout. So they slaughter a pig that they have, because Reggie also is the only person in town with like a whole slew of pigs, and they're having a big old smoked pig barbecue. And that's when they get shot at again. And Morgan, he gets hit in the chest, goes down, his daughter gets hit, and then Reggie has a finger blown off, and then they just return fire, and the fat hillbilly who was shooting at them shuffles back into the trees and runs away. (laughs) Okay.
3: Yeah, It's impossible to catch up to him now. (laughs)
0: He's too far gone. Well, Morgan, he's fine because one of the magazines he had stopped the bullet, and he's like, "Man, that sure was lucky what for me." What about his daughter? And he looks over, and his daughter has a bullet hole through her calf, and she's like, "Dad, help me!" And he like walks around unemotionally, and like sees like Reggie's hand is blown off, and like picks up the finger. He's like, "Man, that's gonna upset your sex life, huh, Reggie?" Ha 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 <laughs> ha, ha. My daughter is bleeding and in great pain. You know, he throws a bandage on her and says, "Go see the vet." And uh what? Then like as, after he shipped her off he's like looking around on the ground minutes after this gunfight goes down he's just like picking up bullets off the ground And like man that could have really been dangerous for me (laughs) is he acknowledging how how (laughs) lucky he is well he puts in his pocket and thinks to himself man i thought maybe if i had a bullet with my name on it in my pocket i'd be fine but I knew that was bullshit, and I just <laughs> continued on. So I don't, I don't think he has actual emotions. I think he just has a series of pre-programmed responses that he <laughs> utilizes when the situation calls for it. Mostly, things are different than they were before. Why is it whenever th- there's a self-insert character, it's a deeply psychopathic character? Well, Morgan, he also keeps forgetting about all these people he's supposed to be helping. Like, oh. he, like the old lady, he brought food. He like goes and checks on her, and he finds that she's been like strangled to death by the raiders. What about the old
2: man who was manning? the radio he
0: is now dying of a leg infection and he's, oh. he's sitting in his chair surrounded by piss jugs and shit buckets and he's like Morgan
3: help me walk it off there son
0: and Morgan says there's nothing I can do and leaves um <laughs> Wow,
3: daughters got shot. Good thing I got two, three of them. I don't know.
0: Meanwhile, Sarge and his boys, they're flying in on helicopters loaded with dune buggies. And they land, and they are immediately attacked by gangs of hillbilly militia members that was who storm out of the woods all at once next to each other. And they're like, yeah, you see, we're the law in these parts, backed up by the DHS. And Sarge says, well, we're just going to like kill you all then. And they're like, what, 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 what? And they drop all their guns, and one of them starts literally peeing himself as like Sarge and his four men hold all of them hostage and say yeah we're just going to take you prisoner now and we're going to march you at dune buggy point to Morgan's <laughs> house so
2: are, can they even be described as hillbillies anymore? Yeah, because they're pretty it, we, dripped
0: out. we get the one backstory because it is like shifts point of view to them for a second. I learned that not only are they a hillbilly militia, they are also racist neo-Nazis who, what, who envision themselves gunning down federal agents at every turn. But when the the DHS showed up, the DHS says, yeah, we'll let you rape and shoot people. If you work for us as muscle and go around terrorizing people who refuse to go to our relocation camps. And they said,
3: okay, sure also we're probably mostly white if that helps
0: that part comes up at the end don't jump to conclusions yet Madre oh my god way to go Madre why are you
2: writing this book (laughs) taking a bath in some milk I see you over there
0: it's channeling itself before my eyes and so they do a little light torture back at the uh, Reggie's torture shack. So, no pigs this time? No, instead they like, well, they line them all up and blindfold them. And then they pour water in the face as Sarge says, I'm peeing on your friend. And then I can they, smell that it's not. Well, no, you can't. They open <laughs> they open up the uh, blindfolds and they're like, He's covered in water and Sarge is like zipping up his pants and says, see, I peed on him.
3: I can smell that it's not.
0: <laughs> Dude, that was a gallon of piss. And then he picks up a PVC pipe filled with sand and just starts wailing on the soles of the dude's foot. Oh, okay, well, that that is <laughs> This is, is getting creepy. Like weird. There is
2: a weird amount of torture in this
0: movie, in this book. <laughs> All specifically described, <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, the guy's like screaming so loud that his like throat actually stops working." And then Sarge like is questioning them, and outside it cuts to, like Thad and Jeff and uh, Morgan, and they're all like, "Should we do something?" And they're like, "Nah." <laughs> Well, Morgan, our heroes. Yeah, Morgan's wife shows up and says, Well, tell the screaming. He's like, That's one of the guys that shot our daughter. and she's, Probably. And she's like, Well, you're going to kill him, right? Are we going to execute him here? Or is it going to be somewhere else? You okay. need to get I, in there. I hadn't thought about it, all right? God. Get off my back. I'll kill,
1: I'll kill people on my time
0: and so they do a little bit of light torture and they're like okay we're gonna execute now and Sarge is like now wait just a second fellas I know things are different like they aren't like they were before but we can't kill him here and they're like why Why? it's like well it's more weight to drag we're gonna march him out then we're gonna kill him it's more it's more effective that way
2: final solution kind of way this is is
0: such a bit this is like a fucking bit
3: (laughs) I learned this one from my friends in the Japanese (laughs) you see a lot of people don't know this about me (laughs) I actually
0: fought for old Hirohoto back in (laughs) (laughs) in WW2 Hirohoto (laughs) nobody's gonna look back on history and ask I oh, really? for it. <laughs> And so, well first, sergeant, well, first they get the uh, location of the trailer park compound that the militia is based out of and then they go there at night and they give Reggie and Thad like night vision goggles and fully automatic machine guns and they're like, okay, we're going to raid this compound and they kick in the door and it's just like an old fat guy watching TV with a beer can in his hand.
2: How, does, how is TV still a thing?
0: Uh, movies and they shoot him in the back of the head. <laughs> and Had a Faraday
2: cage for that VCR
0: they just they cap him yeah shut up okay so stuff just kind of works now Fletcher some anyway, electronics will work as necessary they made a new one <laughs> yeah well a lot of people don't realize about neo-nazi hillbilly militias a lot of electrical engineers in those kind of groups and so they're like we have one rule we're not gonna shoot women and children unless they have guns and then it becomes okay but that's our one rule everything else is fair game and so Ooh. they ex they execute all the hillbilly soldiers and they're like, well, nothing to do now, but go kill the entirety of the DHS, eh, boys? And so they're also sure. Like, yeah, this whole compound, your, ha- your homes, we're going to have to move. It's dangerous here for you fellas now because the DHS knows where you live. And they're like, okay, so we're going to go live in the swamp with you in some weird swamp cabin manor? He's like, yeah. <laughs> That's the Uh, game plan. Oh, I was being sarcastic, but cool. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Well, Morgan goes home and his wife is like, I'm not fucking living in the swamp. And Morgan says, babe, babe, things aren't like they used to before. (laughs) (laughs) You need to understand that we need Sarge's guns, okay? So we're going to listen to what he has to say. Where are you gonna move all your prep gear, or how are you gonna get that? What about his years? They gloss over that part, but they actually bring it up as an issue. They're like, "Yeah, it's a lot of stuff to move, but we're gonna deal with that when the time comes." Oh, oh, thanks. (laughs) Put your backpacks on, everyone. We're marching on out. And then it's just them driving around to meet like one more family of hill folk who are like, I don't like federals on my land. And he points a shotgun at him and he's like, Hey, what a coincidence. We hate feds too. Well, except the DHS. I suppose they're <laughs> right. Come to think of some of their policy decisions as of late. I don't agree with the specifics of the plan, but their 14 point <laughs> proposals provide a decent framework for further allegations to be moved forward with the Postmaster General. And
1: that, that UPS fella did deliver my VCR. What's
0: important, though, is that we can have
1: a nice, uh, polite discussion amongst ourselves as normal citizens without violence.
0: Well, of course, we can't jump to conclusions, things aren't like they were before, of course. They're more civilized. Than <laughs> oh, my God, kill me. <laughs> and then they find the... Uh, they find the camp, and it's a series of army tents set up, and uh, Morgan turns at that and says, actually, this doesn't look too bad. They have, like a hospital down there and a dining hall, and then uh, Sarge says, yeah, but look at the yellow caution tape, and do you see the guard towers with machine guns and the giant cage they have suspended with people in orange jumpsuits inside of it? What? Now that you mention it. Come to think of <laughs> it, perhaps it isn't the best place to go summer oh, camping. Pretty hard thing to miss. And then they're like, yeah, come to think of it, it might be a concentration camp. And they see people down by the beach with armed guards pointing guns at them, and they're being forced to fill sandbags. And it's like an old lady, like, (laughs) shuffling along the beach, and this, like, fucking strapped, like buff guard is like pushing her down and laughing as <laughs> a prison bus with tinted windows shows up and like people are hustled out and separated by like race to be put into different cages. <laughs> by race. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, now the census makes sense. And then a Humvee drives around the corner and the gunner just yells contact front and they open up with a 50 cal on Morgan and his crew and no one is hit. They kill the gunner and escape. Sure. <laughs> okay. And then it cuts to, remember Jess from the first book?
2: She was the chick, right? The one yeah, that well, just, she's like, actually down in town? that camp.
0: She's the
1: one helping the old lady fill sandbags. So does oh. that mean that they went back and fucking put everyone in that rape that town into one of their camps? Yeah,
0: she mentions that uh, Raiders Kane killed her entire family and oh. that she went to a prison sentence voluntarily now. Okay. And that wasn't worth the perspective in the book? No, because then she's like, man, I sure hope Morgan and Thad are okay. But knowing oh them, God. they're probably dead by now. Also, what? Also person I, i'm working to fill sandbags with isn't it weird how all the libertarians and reagan conservatives are disappeared by the federal agents and she says yeah and all the black people keep, be, keep being taken off the bus and then they all disappear and the giant trenches out back it filled up every week oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's a mystery i guess What's in them? who <laughs> knows and that's where the book ends that's where it <laughs> no it doesn't
2: yeah. you're shitting me what that's you are
3: shitting is. me, Spencer. So, this whole book was about the bad guys from the beginning of Bad Boys
0: 2?
1: <laughs> So it just, it ends with them attacking the compound we don't actually see the attack?
0: They don't attack the compound, they're scouting it out and then they run back to their swamp cabins. So you have to be
1: absolutely
2: fucking joking, right?
0: No, in fact, this is the interesting parts of the book. I cut out, because all those, like, stories of Morgan helping people, those are each like their own chapter. It's just a chapter of him being a swell, upstanding guy or a chapter... (laughs) I believe we've established him. Or a chapter of Thad feeding fucking cows. And then he's like, yep, I sure do love my son little Tony Jr. It sure would be a shame if you were to be murdered summarily, (laughs) wouldn't it, little boy?" (laughs) It, yeah, so these are, this is the interesting portion. Overall, I gotta say, definitely a 10 out of 10 novel. <laughs> is this
2: Mr. American's way of trying to leave us on a cliffhanger and be like, ooh, you gotta read the next one?
0: Yeah, don't you want to see how more nefariously evil I make mailmen? <laughs> What's the next one? Saving home? Fuck if I know, dudes. Well, Connor, what was, the, what was the suggestion you put forward? Staying home. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would have benefited me more than reading this you fucking know, it novel. It didn't really
2: sound like they protected their home, though, throughout this entire book.
0: Like, like, twice? Uh,
2: dad even lost his. Morgan
0: preemptively defends his home several <laughs> times. Uh, oh. Altogether, though, Fletcher, what did Morgan really do that was so wrong? Feed his family? Torture? That was different. Things are not like they were before. Murder? <laughs> Look, do I have to keep saying it, Fletcher? You know my defense. <laughs> and it wasn't murder. Like I said, they said that they were going to attack him at some point, meaning that his self-defense was just moved forward a little bit. Early access self-defense. Okay, what about when he didn't
2: take care of his daughter who had just been shot?
0: Oh, yeah, they gave her an iPad and, like, told her to stitch it up after the vet, like, put some gauze in there. Also, I didn't mention that they have, in Sarge's crew, there's a guy named Doc, and he's, like, their medic. And so, every time they run into any medical problem, they're just like, Doc, fix it, from bullet hole through the chest to rampaging infection where you can see the infected veins of the amputated hey. leg glowing red and he's he's just capable of dealing with it all he's a magical med bag you're you saying that you can't do that spencer from my own combat medic experience connor i can guarantee you the majority of that bag is going to be filled with candy and ravioli <laughs> i'm not wasting my time on shit like ivs and morphine okay i don't need that you know what i fucking need a full stomach know what i'm saying <laughs> And the only part I agreed with was the part where he shows up, gives Morgan's shot daughter an IV antibiotic, and then pulls out three candy bars and Coca-Colas and gives them to the daughters.
1: Where was he keeping
2: those?
0: In the med, med bag. Oh,
1: the important stuff?
0: Unfortunately, Spencer, I'm going to have to keep you in your assigned role. Oh, no, it was great. You know, periodically they like to toss your equipment and make sure you're not stealing anything. So when they dumped out mine, it was just a bunch of Cheetos and Doritos. <laughs> what did and they have like, to say about that? And they're like, you can't have that in here. We're, we're
1: strictly anti frito in the U.S. Army.
0: Connor, this isn't the DHS, okay? As we <laughs> yeah. know from Sarge, he takes his comfort very seriously. You're... When I'm cruising through the fields of Afghanistan, I want something with a, you would never open deployed. Top. Ah, but I could have been, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> and so in spirit, I feel a lot like Sarge. I too wish to have a combat dune buggy. This isn't the DHS. This imagined is the post valor. Office. Whereas Fletcher, we're kind of polar opposites. Fletcher dreams of working for the post office. <laughs> sounds
2: like a pretty cool place. Yeah, he
0: gets the sexy little shorts, the nice back. Bag, and every so often, he gets to burn down a family. <laughs> yeah, rain,
1: sleet, snow, or deranged gunmen. The male gets r- I think rise I, I on think, time.
2: I think here. L- let me show you my pitch. I'll do it to Madre. Hello, Mr. Madre. Would you like to join a concentration camp? <laughs> Please don't burn down my house. I'm sorry. What was that? I was pouring gasoline in your front foyer. <laughs> uh, I was gonna.
0: Si- I was gonna <laughs> sign
3: the census. I promise. Uh, too bad. Light it. <laughs>
0: Okay, but why are you burning? You seem very happy to burn. You already shot the unarmed woman and child. Do you have to go a step further?
2: Yeah, that way I can dance in childlike glee outside his burning
0: home. Quick, back to the escape mobile. We'll get away at 35 miles an hour. Nothing has been more secured. I mean, I don't know how we thought this plan could backfire, but no, it's ridiculous in the fact that Morgan also just constantly complains about the fact that no one does anything, but not once does he ever put forward the suggestion to say like, hey, maybe we should organize everyone. He says, it's not my job. I've got enough food for my family and I'm good. I'm just going to stay here where I'm surrounded by people who want to murder me. Well, to their credit, they're not doing nothing. They're trying to kill you. That's something.
3: Oh, actually, that's a fair point. That's pretty much what you're doing.
0: Hey, um, Madre, would you step like two inches to the right and put your forehead against my gun barrel real fast? Oh, yeah, sure thing. Okay, so just uh, to clarify a few things, uh, I'm innocent in this case, and there's no jury to convict me anymore either.
3: Right. Uh, you want me to sign that? I am uh, a notary.
0: Actually, except uh, step about four inches to the left. Oh, okay, so right now you're in the cell at the county jail with the doors that still work. Are we I didn't know padlock? we still had these. Oh, yeah. It turns out that EMPs actually don't erase solid stone structures, so we could have done a lot with it, but we just didn't feel like it at the time. So what are you using this building for? Uh, right now we're storing dead bodies that the <laughs> mailmen bring in for us. What about I all the to think prisoners of it. that I'm... were inside when it started? <laughs> Those prisoners all had heart attacks. <laughs> okay.
3: oh. come to think of it, it is strange that I'm standing here,
0: but I was just thinking of the logistics of entire battalions of DHS agents who are not only willing to burn, murder, rape and steal their way across the entirety of the United States, but also build concentration camps. And all of this planning was conducted in secret and that they also hire, again, enough outside enforcers to rampage across the entirety of a continent. So it cuts to the main office of DHS and they press a button and out flips a portrait of Sherman in the Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) Those Floridians have it coming. Anyone south of Mason Dixon gets the torch. Anyone north gets the lash. By God, in 40 weeks I'll have this country up and running again. So help me God or may I be shot this very day by a deranged <laughs> mailman.
2: That was a pretty cool speech.
0: Well, I've been practicing at Fletcher. You know, here, here at the DHS, we don't have a lot of other work on our hands, so we have a lot of spare time to recruit individuals like myself, you know, for the process of building entire concentration camps in the matter of days and then running a census across the entirety of the country that now doesn't have electricity and, and imprisoning people who, against their will who uh, might... Be of some value to us, you know, filling sandbags, breaking up gravel. Uh, that's about it, actually. That's so all we're doing. Real
2: quickly, I just want to get the timeline straight because it was like a very like small amount of time that it took Morgan to get. In to total, his it's been like
0: two months, work. maybe two months. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention that off just uh, off screen, they mentioned the fact that entire gangs are genociding each other in Miami, and that someone has put together a pirate fleet to invade Cuba. And that's just the background details.
3: <laughs> what? <laughs> Why wasn't the book about that? Why Why did we have pig
1: farming? Why did we have him complaining? We have pirate fleets. (laughs) Well, we didn't think it would have enough interest. Pirates aren't cool. (laughs) Now, farming, though. Have you ever seen a pig?
3: I heard something in Miami about cursed Spanish gold and an army of vampire conquistadors taking over Cuba. Anyways, I bought these Bush's baked beans. They should be good for a year.
0: Well, I'm actually thinking of swapping out the pine needles with the hay. Because with the werewolf invasion from Mexico, we're going to have a hay shortage in about two weeks. So I'm just thinking long-term storage. We can get into a few different brand types. Yeah. Oh. You know what? You got the summary now, folks. You don't have to sit through this one. You're free. See, so you, I am assuming that it gets better from here. It has to, right? It, it couldn't get worse. But until next time, class dismissed.